I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sandspans Radio. Give Jeremy Cameron the chair. Welcome to How Goods Footy, a weekly AFL podcast where we ask the most important sporting question of all. I'm Carney. I'm Tom. And I'm Dusha. Boys, How Goods Footy? I thought you'd never fucking ask, Sean. It's so good this week. Fuck! I'm impressed you got here, considering you've been in space since Thursday night. It's how good was, to have oxygen again. How was re-entry? It was rough. Um, <laughs> but Jesus, I joked about us marching to Howell Hall Stadium and the stadium doing a knee, but I think it fucking happened. I also had I had I had a lot of feelings on Thursday night. I was at the pub, which <laughs> were you at drinking? Shocking, but not that much. Um, there was a TV playing it, and I was like, fuck, we've kicked the first two goals. And I was I was up. First, kicked the first two goals, I was like, just going to celebrate. Was a bit worried, but I was like, nah, this is good. Got to a point where Essendon were 50 points, and West Coast were one behind. And I was like, this is, a- I think we've almost got this in the bag. But then, and listeners of the show, long-time listeners of the show will recognize this for John's stress about Richmond. Essendon were 49 points up, but it was too early, <laughs> and I was so scared. Because I love the boys, and I had faith, tip them every week. Yep. We've cocked it up before, and <laughs> I was just waiting, waiting for us to cook it. And especially in the second quarter, it was something like there was 73% of the possession was West Coast, and I was like, if they just start kicking straight, we are fucked. Well, that's the thing, too, is that not only did you absolutely ambush the ever-loving shit out of them, but then when they try to get back into the game, they uh, pulled a Scott Lysette and jumped over the ball instead of kicking it through the goals. <laughs> Please tell me we saw this. His fucking fresh air in Oh, last yeah, absolutely. Oh, it, was, yeah, yeah, it, was bad. Tom, it was so good because Tom Bell Chambers was all <laughs> over it straight away. The umpire was like, what? so the field umpire and the goal umpire went to talk and Tom Bell Chambers just stand to the side just like laughing and shaking. He's his like, no, like, he, no he, he missed it. Question, best opening quarter by team this year. Oh, question mark. <laughs> yes. Full stop. It was it was probably blistering. Um, it was the Essendon, and it's the form that Essendon had in that Geelong game. Y- yeah. It was a quintessential ambush. Yes. Yep. 
Starring, yeah. Jake the Package Paco Stringer. <laughs> I love that you just started calling him Paco, and I'm like, who the fuck is he talking about? It's because I saw somewhere someone referred to the package as Paco, and I was very on board with that. <laughs> yep. I like how you've taken a nickname and made it shorter. <laughs> yeah, the package is too long. <laughs> Not even the Paco, just Paco. <laughs> fuck, he kicked three goals. It was amazing. Tom Bell Chambers fucking held his own against Nick Nat, which is great. Yeah. Huge. Tom Bell Chambers is a very underrated Rockman, I feel. He's having one of those seasons where Essendon... This is the thing. The problem is he's having a really great season, but there are like five other Ruckman who are having slightly better seasons yeah. whose teams are doing better. Therefore, yeah. we're talking about them more like yeah. Grundy and um, what's the bloke? other bloke I'm thinking of? Gorn. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that really good Ruckman, the most iconic player in a Melbourne jumper? The, the one dude that with we the talk beard. about almost every yeah, week. Yeah, 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 that bloke. Uh, that fella. Um, well, I was even thinking about, because I don't know if you watched the VFL on the weekend, Dusha, the, uh, the no, Essendon I Reserves. The I was watching a little bit of that. Lewenberg is playing for Essendon in the Reserves. And he was playing good. Yeah. And it just made me think, like, he's still a decent player. But Ruckman have actually gotten so good in the last five to ten years that he can't even get a look in probably anywhere. Yeah. And it's insane because he's a talented player, but they're just too good now. They're basically like you have to be uh, a secondary midfielder to be a good Ruckman. You have to either be mobile like Grundy and Nick Nat and Ryder and Martin and probably Stanley in that category as well. So where you are that, you run and you carry and you can play forward. Or you're like a... Uh, Bell Chambers or what Mumford used to be, just a player that will just dom- – uh, Sandy. Yeah. And Gorn probably – Gorn fits in that category because when you look at it, Gorn will get about 10 to 15 touches and 40 hitouts, and that's a huge game, whereas Grundy's more yeah. likely to have 25 touches. Yeah, but Gorn's hitouts are always to advantage too. Yeah. Like, oh. the, the percentage of his – anyway, we're getting off topic. Tommy Bell Chambers had a fucking ripping game against one of the better Ruckman – in the comp, basically... Keep growing that hair. <laughs> it, well, no, I think he needs to shave again. <laughs> to go to another level. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. This isn't even his final form, Sean. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Imagine, you are now... I just want to set the scene. Yeah, yeah. Just a okay, Essendon scrape into the finals, which is now a conversation on the table. It is absolutely on the table. <laughs> Look at the teams ahead of you that are falling to pieces. <laughs> well, hopefully another one happens next week. Just I hope, put that I hope this goes the way I hope. <clears throat> so, all right. Tommy Bell Chambers just continues in the same way he's been going. Yep. Then there's the bye in between finals. Yeah. Or the week off. Yep. Teams run out in the first week of the finals. And then there's a lot of glare coming from the ground. <laughs> Hang on. Is that? Oh, my God. Tommy Bell Chambers. He's gone aerodynamic again. <laughs> Can I go one better? Yep. In the finals. Yep. Half time. Yep. Essendon down by six goals. Oh. <laughs> oh. Bell Chambers emerges with a shaved head. <laughs> and you win. No, no, no. He mighty ducks it. Hear me out even further. They go off. Bell Chambers has gone aerodynamic in exactly the same way that Douche has pitched. Then at half time, all that can be heard from the Essendon rooms is... (laughs) The siren goes to the start of the third quarter and the entire Essendon 22, except Jake Stringer, who somehow managed to grow that shit in the top knot, have all come running out. Bald as fuck. <laughs> I like the that Heffel still has his garbage beard. Oh, you know, he's still got the huge beard, but he's just completely uh, aerodynamic on top. I actually think it's a sensational beard. It's it's no, it's no, so loose. Get behind it. I, I don't love it either. It's, oh, it's come a, on. I love him. So I want to talk about the, the first quarter of this game, though, where the ambush was set up. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was instrumental 
Yeah, the, the three players, sorry, who were instrumental in the setup of this ambush. Stringer, who kicked three goals. Devin Smith, who kicked one goal and had an absurd amount of the play. And Saad, who quite possibly played the game of his career, mm-hmm. just decided any time he got the ball in that first quarter, nah, fuck yous, catch me. <laughs> he um, was amazing. Do we think that because the Bombers were a, a bit of a new squad coming together, that it's taken till about halfway through the year to gel? And then are they going to just have a huge second half of the year and maybe still miss finals? Yeah. But set things up for well, next year. We are still missing our on paper. Best forward, best player, which highest rated player in the uh, in the top top 50. fifty for you guys, wouldn't it? Number be? eight, yeah, he was he was very high. Uh, so, what's going to happen when he comes back? Is he going to keep playing the same season he's had? I don't think he'll be back this year. You yeah, me neither. No, um, that Wush has come out and said that he's a long, long way off. And if you're saying that when there's ten weeks left, then they'll probably wrap him in cotton wool and say, "Have a big preseason." Osteitis pubis is an injury that can take a long time to come back from and is fun to say. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. I had no idea. I thought he was coming back in the next couple of weeks. No, no he's a while Long off. term. Yeah. That's no good. But good news for me, everyone's playing very well, at least last week. Yeah. Um, Goddard also four tackles. Hey, what? <laughs> he has quadrupled his average. He's the barometer of your team. He is. Hopes. If he has more than two tackles, you're going to win. Oh, uh, yeah. 26 out. touches, That's... four tackles. How many did David Smith have? Tackles? Yeah. Six. Oh. Hmm, bit of a down week. It's because Goddard came to the yeah, table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, shared the, they load. shared the load. <laughs> Tipper also had six. Tipper had an awesome game. Kicked a ripping goal. Yeah, that was- You know, you know you're on if Tipper's got six tackles. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, Smith, Saad, and Stringer all fucking played the best game they probably have for us. Oh, yeah. And that the first quarter alone, yeah. they were your best three players on the ground at quarter time. Heppel, I, like, I forgot that he was like out last- no, Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. He was like all over it in the midfield. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's good. I yeah. forgot about that. Had a week off because he got murdered. Luke Hodge killed him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fairly. Fairly, yes. <laughs> we'll get to that. Mm, we will. <laughs> Merritt had 30 touches. Good. Fuck, it was so good. So here's the counterpoint question. So Essendon were, were amazing. Staged the ambush. Mm. Warsfold used a bit of his West Australian magic to get them up uh, off the ground. West Coast. No Darling, no Kennedy. No mm. team. No West Coast. For the moment. I think they'll probably figure it out. Yeah. Well, Kennedy, would... Kennedy could be back in the next couple of weeks, they reckon. Honestly, I think what probably happened here is that West Coast weren't necessarily a bad team. It's just that they didn't have the two biggest goal kickers, which meant that when Essendon came out in that first quarter and killed them, which probably would have still happened yeah. with those two players because <laughs> it's not like all the action was starting in the defensive 50 of uh, in Essendon's defensive 50 slash. It's a good point. Yeah. I think they didn't have you the hope. Them in the middle. They didn't have the hope that. We don't have those two out there. They we can't have- actually kick the seven goals to come back. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like if six sixteen, they kicked or six seventeen or something really cooked. And their radar is like off the last two games. Six sixteen to twelve eight. Oh, see, there's the difference. There's mm. the game. Mm. Well, that's what I mean. Like because the third quarter they kicked one goal six. Ugh. Yeah, you guys, you guys had an amazing first quarter and first half of the second quarter, and then packed it in, and then just. Spent a lot of your petrol early and then just held on to it. The fact that, though, you held on and then even when it looked like it was wavering, we Smith had a kicked good, a really good goal. We had a pretty decent... I mean, we kicked one goal three in the third quarter, so we weren't off the pace that much. Like, neither team kicked straight. Yeah. Um, we were with them. The second quarter was the scary quarter. The second half of the second quarter was when I was like, oh, no. The wings were flapping. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, West Coast were like, oh, we can lift here still. Hellhole smelt blood. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, then Essendon were with them. Because the third quarter was also going into the third quarter. I was like, Essendon, terrible third quarters. 
Not this year. Well, not this game, I should say. This year, yes. But this game, no. Um, we stayed with them the whole time. And then the last quarter, we kind of kicked away again a little bit. Have you readjusted your thoughts for the season? Well, I always kind of had hope that we would scrape into the finals. And going into this year, I was like, I think we'll make like seventh or eighth. And I still believe. I still think that that can happen. Well, Have I you mean- looked at the next month? Uh, I can tell you. We've got. Yeah, have you, you've looked at this in the next I've, month. I've had a look into the. So it's I've crystal bald gazed. <laughs> it's north. <laughs> Tom's like Sean. Have you looked into the aerodynamic crystal bell chambers? Yes, <laughs> I have. Uh, north. Yep. At um, I've also forgotten who comes next. Collingwood at the MCG. Oh uh, yeah. Or- then you've got Gold Coast and then Frio in Melbourne. Yeah. So if you can get through the the two weeks, you probably got to pinch. You, one you of definitely have to win at least one of the next one of those two, Collingwood North, games, and then you yeah. should beat Gold Coast and Frio. Yeah, and then you then you know we still believe because <laughs> what happens got is Sydney and Eddie had yeah no no but by then you got had though you've got to look at the teams above you. So Adelaide now nah, they're cooked. Hawthorne eh who cares? GWS they're also cooked. There's a there's a there's a sniff. There's yeah. blood in the water, mate. Well, I'll tell you if you look at Hawthorne's run home. It's easier than they will make finals. Mm. So then you've got and if Essendon are also to make finals, two teams in the eight currently have to drop out. And Geelong and North Melbourne are seven and eight. Yeah, but Geelong's only Geelong eight have of the a, bye, a decent and we've run got a reasonable home. run home. I looked at Geelong's run. You can lock them in for four wins, and that that's twelve wins. So and then there's a couple of and there's a few that they will pinch. probably yep. split, yeah, or better. And you then got to think though. Yeah, Essendon's two games out of the finals. If anyone was going to have a bit of a wobble, a bit of a wobble, wobble, wobble down the down the ladder, is it the Pies? No, no. not on current form. Not well, even if they, not even if they lost Trelaw for the season. I mean, that is a factor. And then my other question is North uh, North Melbourne. Melbourne, do they run out of puff? I tell you, it'd be massive if Collingwood missed the finals from here. We're at round thirteen, and they're in the top four. So. I mean, it's not unprecedented. They do, but, fall but look away. how many games separate Essendon and and they've, and Collingwood. Like it's what, like two games. Uh, so Collingwood have won nine. Essendon have won six. Three and a hefty oh. percentage. Yeah. Now nah, look, you you you're looking at the Port and North and Geelong and well, Port is one. Well, Port again nine wins, but their percentage is a lot lower than Collingwood's. So you got nine games left. Probably gonna need to win. I think like- you need to win seven of them. Yeah, You'll that's... need 13 wins, I think, with that percentage. We're going to have to come out and absolutely belt Gold Coast and probably belt Freo. Yes. Fuck. Although, Essendon versus Collingwood. Anzac Day wasn't that long ago. That's Maybe kind our of... boys are like hurting enough that we'll be like... That's hey. a game where anything can happen, though. Yeah. That's a bit of a showdown sort of thing, I think. Depends if Collingwood walk into that game cocky or not. Because you look at the game on the weekend for Collingwood, they were like, the Blues were with them all day. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, there's a, oh, douche. You're right. Like the rest of your run, though, is like, as you said, Sydney. Then you've got Hawthorne. That's tough. Then we've got Saints that, is a gimme. No, no, I think here you go. Hear me, hear me out. The winner of the Hawthorne Essendon game plays finals. Nah, but Tom, why? We've got Sydney. Then they have got- Richmond and Port Adelaide. <sighs> Port, Port Adelaide in Adelaide. If you make finals from here, it's huge. But I also feel to get there, you're going to be is cooked. It, is it going to be like Richmond a couple of years ago, but they've snuck into the finals and then got absolutely thrashed by Port by nine goals? Essendon have a history of... We've um, done that the last two times we made finals, that happened. Dusha, I would consolidate the chips and um, have a crack at next season. <laughs> nah. Nah. Finished All in. <laughs> All in. I'm bad at gambling. <laughs> Fuck. You know what would be huge? Essendon sneak into eight. Fucking 
<laughs> Collingwood dropped to fifth. Knock him out first week. Oh, imagine. Mwah. Jesus. Imagine Richmond slipped to fifth somehow. Oh, that and you won't. knocked out the reigning premiers. Well, that's apart from Richmond, Essendon's had a pretty good run against the top. Uh, Richmond and Collingwood. Yeah. Because Collingwood killed us. But like. You're now the only team besides Sydney to beat West Coast. Yeah. West Coast have lost three games this year. This- Two were to Sydney, one was to us. This is a good. You've now knocked off Sydney. Sorry, Sean. Sydney, right. Port, no, we, Adelaide, we Geelong. Sydney. I mean, sorry, not Sydney. Uh, West Coast, Port, Adelaide, Geelong, GWS. That's not bad. Yeah. This season is fucking wide open, though. Yeah. If you look at that ladder, yeah. I reckon you can go down to nine and say there are nine teams that could win the premiership. Yes, there are. There's a big I think gap. You go all the way down to the, the Hawks. And then if we want to chuck Essendon in, there's 10 teams. I don't look. I don't as think- optimistic as I am, yeah. I don't think we'll make it any further than if we made it to the prelims, I will celebrate like we won the flag. You make it to the semis. <laughs> I just want to see my boys win a final. It's been so long. Five thousand days or something like that. More than that now. Since I was so I've been out of high school for nine years. Jesus. And we haven't won a final in that time. Right. When was your last finals win? Like two thousand and seven. We got knocked out in the finals, like in a pre, in a semi or a prelim by Port the year that I think they made the grand final. Okay, which would be two thousand and seven. Is that the game that Warren Treadray bowed in? Maybe. Ugh. Fuck Treadray. <laughs> Speaking of Warren Treadray and bowing, I feel like that's a nice little segue into the next game. Oh uh, yeah, we're just jumping into the games this week. Uh, oh, I blame yeah. me for that. Well, the first game of the round was Essendon West defeating Coast. West Coast. Well, hang on, what happened again, Dusha? Oh, uh, Essendon defeated West Coast. Wait, sorry, what was that, Dusha? Oh, uh, there was an ambush <laughs> off the stadium. Uh, there was a huge ambush. Hal Hall Stadium couldn't handle the Essendon Bombers, who came out and had the best first quarter of the entire fucking season. Oh, wow. Oh, actually, just one quick thing. There was Roman Bryan afterwards, and something very, very funny happened where Saad and Fantasia were sitting next to each other, and uh, B- BT went up to them and was like talking to Fantasia because he loves him. And then Saad interrupted to be like, hey, Brian, who do you think's faster? <laughs> <laughs> Me or Fantasia? And then he was like, oh, I don't know. What do you think? And then Saad was like, well, uh, the tracker on me says I got to 42 kilometers an hour. So I think it's me. And then Rosie was like, oh, don't know about that. <laughs> we're just like, I haven't, they were just, everyone was just so happy. Park, it was good. Well, that's what you want. That's your team. That's your lifting win, though. That gives them confidence for the rest of the year. You can go to Perth and match it with the uh, the big boys. Yeah, gives well, you hope, mate. I reckon our boys are like, look, North's going to be a hard game, but... West Coast over there is a harder game. Yeah, and like, I mean, yeah, sure, Ben Brown's scary, but like... Pearly. We've got a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> he actually, he didn't have a... like. It's not like he had an amazing game, but there was a few things that Hooker did where I was like, ah... He took a mark in the goal square very similar to the one that, like, broke my heart that Alex Rance took, where it looked like there was an easy goal to Essendon, and then Rance was just standing in the goal square by himself. Hooker did the same thing to West Coast, and I was like, yeah, good. Feels good when I'm on the receiving end of that. (laughs) Huck! Yes! (laughs) We're happy for you, mate. Thanks. Friday night's game. (laughs) You don't sound happy for him, Sean. You sound a bit dead inside. Uh, Yeah. I, t- I said to you guys before we started recording, I'm probably at my lowest ebb of the season. Oh, yeah. It sucks about Brisbane at the moment. Anyway, uh, Port Adelaide <laughs> took on Melbourne and um, oh, Melbourne faced a real opponent. And, and oh, what's that? 
fucking cooked it. They were in the box seat to win this game, and then I think didn't kick a goal or kicked one goal in the nah, last no quarter. No goals in the last quarter. Port kicked three. Ah, oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's almost like Melbourne can't play against good sides. There's only ten points. It's a pretty hot game. Yeah, but they're in the mean, box seat, mate. Yeah, this but is, it's, this put Adelaide that, at, it's put Adelaide at home. Yeah, we smashed them. At home? Yeah. When? This year? This year. We kept beating by five goals. Port were only hmm. in front for the, the last, last like 15 minutes and for about five minutes in the first quarter. Melbourne were pretty much late, had this game in their control. Mm. And any time Port got ascendancy, Melbourne responded until the last quarter when... Um, well, in the third, yeah, in the third quarter, Melbourne kicked four in a row and that should have put... I Jesus think- Christ. I've just looked at the stats. Have you seen the inside 50s? Yeah. Melbourne, 69. Port Adelaide, 39. Oof. I take it back. Melbourne cooked it. They did cook That's it. That's disgusting efficiency. Yep. Fuck. How good's Port's efficiency, oh, though? Oh, my God. They're just fucking... 51% versus 29%. Yeah, it's insane. That's They need to have a good hard look at themselves. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to draw a line through Melbourne yet. I think no, no, me neither. They can fix these problems. But, jeez, worry about them in big games. They go all right on a... Uh, when they're hidden on a Sunday afternoon or a Saturday afternoon. Against the but, Gold Coast. Yeah, but fucking hell. So, like, this week, they've got St. Kilda on Sunday at, like, 1 o'clock. Mm. They'll smash them. And then it's like, well, what do we know about Melbourne? Not much still. Yeah. What did, they, did Melbourne win four huge, like, huge results in a row? Yeah, yeah they won by, you know, an average of about 10 goals four yeah. weeks in a row. And then their players were just fucking high because they'd never been that... Been there before. <laughs> no, and then they, they didn't know got, what to do. And they got dragged back to earth by the rampant magpies on the Queen's birthday. Did anyone watch this game? Or was it just me? Just you, mate. Okay, then. So I'm not going to ask you, was it a mark? So I've done that. Yeah. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? I didn't actually hear about so this. So Brayshaw took a mark, juggled a mark in the dying, in the last minute of the game. They were two goals down, though. So they were 10 points down. Mm-hmm. Brayshaw took a mark with like a minute 20 to go. And he kind of. He grabbed it and it kind of juggled in his hands. And as he juggled it, Jonas was coming through to spoil and just punched it clear out of his hands. The umpire called play on. And people were saying, I think that was a mark. I don't think the umpire had a good view of it. Yep. I think Jonas's momentum carried him through. And if he had control of it, that wouldn't have happened. He, he, there's a bit of separation as he, as he juggles with it. It's the Carlisle Phil Davis one mm-hmm. where, yeah, he probably should have been a, should have been paid a mark, but, um, Sticky hands, mate. Yeah. Oof. Hold on to it next time. Also, I mean, what's the difference? They win by they lose by ten points, they lose by four points. Yeah. I mean, people will say, well, you know, they might have gone back and uh had another had another crack, you know, with the belief behind them. But the crowd the crowd for Port Adelaide just carried them home a bit too. Yeah. And I mean, like that would be fair enough if Melbourne were like coming if Melbourne were in Port's position saying that happened, then absolutely. Yeah. But they weren't. They were too busy cooking their lead. Yeah, look, Simon Goodwin's positive about the season, and I would be too, but um, there's still a few things that need ironing out for mine. Um, next game. Next game. Hawthorne defeated Gold Coast in Tasmania. Yeah, next game. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm not fucking around. What's the next game? <laughs> the, <laughs> the next game is Brisbane Lions <sighs> lost to Greater Western Sydney at the Gabba by 27 points. Sean, the big story of this though is not the win or the loss. It's what happened on field, Sean. Boys, I was going to message you during this game, uh, three or four minutes into the game, because mm-hmm. I was like, "We're up and about." They were. I had some good feelings. Then, uh, then I witnessed a murder. Um, were you guys watching it live? 
No, I was not. I was at work, but I was sneaky following it on my phone. Um, I think I erupted in our group chat. We probably have evidence of that. <laughs> I um, I actually, my minutes. phone, my phone was down, so I had to run from the room where I was watching it to the computer <laughs> that had Facebook just to open. Voice your anger, just to fucking bang on the keyboard. I actually said during the Essendon Brisbane game a couple of weeks ago, I've never been that angry while watching a game. I was that angry during the first half of this match. Because, um, yeah, it was 11 minutes into the first quarter it happened. Any particular reason, Sean? Jeremy Cameron jumped through the air with an elbow and tried to decapitate the best fullback in the AFL, Harris Andrews. Um, he's, a, he's, he's direct opponent. His direct opponent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, murdered him. Was knocked, getting- him knocked him out mid, like before he hit the ground, he was out, and then his head smashed into the ground Broke as well. Broke his jaw. Broke his jaw, was knocked out. We later found out this wasn't announced at the game, yeah. but he uh, he's had, had to go to hospital. He got worse overnight, internal bleeding. Yeah, so he's got he's got a small brain bleed, which is fucked. which is super fucking dangerous. Jeremy Cameron's listening right now, Sean. Is there anything you want to you want to say to him, or do you Did- just want me to read what you said to us? You can start with that, and then <clears> all right. So you're going to build on it. <laughs> you ran to your computer and you typed, <laughs> "Fuck, fuck, 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 fuck." Cameron just murdered Harris Andrews, killed him, out cold, thuggery. Boys, words going to describe the anger I'm feeling. I hate Jeremy Cameron. I hate the AFL machine giants. Fuck. If Brisbane get up, it will be one of my all-time favorite victories of all time. Unfortunately, they didn't get up because they were missing both of their key defenders with Gardner out with an injury. Gardner was out just for the first quarter. So Harris oh, okay. Andrews went down. Then about two minutes later, Gardner rolled his ankle and looked cooked as well. But he came back on in the second quarter and played the game out. Basically, um, Cameron didn't have an opponent and kicked three goals. You know, the thing that annoyed me, I mean, I, I was annoyed by the action of him killing Harris Andrews. But two minutes later, he kicked a goal and was just like celebrating and high-fiving. Even when like he knocked Andrews out and teams go off to their huddles after it was a bit of a fight, just like high-fiving his teammates. And it was like, you just fucking caused his brain to bleed. I just get annoyed by this because we won a few years back, we had a player called Justin Clark, yep. who was a really talented fullback, played about 50 or 60 games, and he was going to be like the future of the club for the yep. next 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got concussed as well and never actually fully recovered, and had, he was forced into retirement because he wouldn't be able How to play old? anymore. Uh, at the time, I think he would have been 22 or 23. Jesus, Fuck, that's so old. Um, and this is a, a, a kid who. Very smart. So, as well as playing footy, he was going to uni. And he's, uh, to be honest, his concussion's so bad that he would be driving to uni, get halfway there, and forget how to drive there to a place that he's been hundreds of times before. Like, it's just Cameron annoys me. It transcends transcends football hatred. He's got form because in the preseason two years ago, he uh, broke Reese Matheson's ribs. Yeah, with an off, oh, his jaw was his it? jaw with an off the ball. This was a kid playing his first game as well, Reese Matheson. That was the first game he'd ever played. He he lined him up off the ball and got four weeks suspension for breaking his jaw. I I, I honestly, there's certain players that we sort of lay into and like uh, even Luke Hodge. We go Hodge is a fucking dog. He's always like knocking people around. Hodge would never Hodge do is that. Fair. Yeah. Hodge is actually Hodge would never do that. Hodge would never leave the like ah Fox Footy's coverage annoyed me too because first thing after the siren. Cam Mooney went to Jeremy Cameron. And I just don't believe that he actually deserves the right no. to front up to the camera and explain himself. Unless unless he's doing what uh, Tom Bug did last year after hitting Callum Mills, 
where he requested an interview with Rich, Matthew Richardson after the game from the Seven Comrade team. Richardson goes in, Bug apologised to the Swans, apologised to Callum Mills and said, I shouldn't have done it and I'll cop whatever penalty I get. No, yeah. I was like, good was, on you, mate. There was That's none of that. Want. It was, I play the ball hard. I was playing the ball on its merits. I was just going for the ball. I hope he's all right. So um, I just want to talk, ask you guys a question. His eyes weren't on the ball, Tom. Well, what I was going to ask, Sean, is if you're playing the ball on its merits... Outstretch your arms and try and mark it. Yeah, he yeah hang he on. He flew it with an elbow oh. and killed him. Yeah, so he wasn't trying to play the ball on its merits. He was trying to injure... Okay, look, I don't think he was meaning to hurt him as badly as he did, but he doesn't went into that... doesn't matter because he wanted to hurt no, him. No, he went to that contest to hurt Cameron's him. a thug... And he's a cunt, and he's not listening to this show because his ears don't work because of that injury that he once had. <laughs> but fuck me, I hope his ears explode because he's a dickhead. I, I can't stand him. He makes me so angry. He's a thug. And watching the rest of that game and watching those Bondi millionaire fuckheads who've never had any success as a football club and are fucking irrelevant, they were like smirking and picking fights. Brisbane players, that's like the youngest team in the AFL, and you get these cunts from Bondi fucking getting into them. <laughs> yeah, The arrogance is disgusting. We get into Tom about Geelong arrogance. Mm. GWS have arrogance. For no reason. Yeah, at least they, I've got, they have to, no, I've got three premierships You've got to back three up premierships and some of the best players of all time to back it up. <laughs> the Giants are just fucking cunts. It's my most hated team in the AFL. I can't stand them. I fucking can't. I hope they never have any success. Oh, Just to see them smiling and like pushing the young kids around. You've got a player who's just caused internal bleeding and you're a bunch of fucking cunts. I, I cannot stand them. Taranto, he's another cunt. <laughs> He was getting into one of my plays. I think this may be the the most C bombs in an episode of a podcast. In I, po- the I actually of I apologize for that. Um, don't. Nah, don't. but <sighs> now you know what? Do apologize because you're not Jeremy Cameron. Well, fuck it annoys me. And then cockhead Tom Brown starts tweeting. Oh, I reckon that's a two to four week range. No, it's not. You fucking fucking parasite of a journalist. If that's what we want to call you, you dickhead. Oh, Jeremy Cameron needs to get six weeks yeah, plus. Yeah, I they, would I would give him eight weeks probably. There are people who are defending him and going, no, no, he was protecting himself in the contest. He arrived late at a contest, had no intention for the ball, had no eyes for the ball, raised his arm and has hurt a player to the point where Harris Andrews surely will not be playing in the next four weeks. So I so I want to just fuck. put something out there just while we're talking about this, is that the reason that this draws such, I think, a passionate response from you, Sean, yes. is that... As I said before, this transcends football. So this isn't just a guy hitting another bloke on the field. You know, we talk about Barry Hall and all those big hits. There's a difference. Well, probably not, actually. Actually, this is probably worse than Barry Hall's. Yeah, well, again, Barry... Different. Also, this elbow was in the back of the head, wasn't it? Well, it, was too, it wasn't looking. It was to his jaw. Uh. So he knocked him out. And then Harris Andrews is backing back into the contest to spoil He's it. still got the fucking spoil on, too. He got the spoil, and it really annoys me. And just you, you start to factor in, it's like, A... Hopefully, he's okay. Mm. B, hopefully, he actually can come back and continue his AFL career because, Jesus, he's, well, so he's the inform. He's, he's, he's also one like of the 21. best backmen. He's yeah. 21. He's a future captain of that club. <sighs> this kind of shit just annoys me too because it affects the way he's going to come. Is he going to come back and play and like second guess going back into a pack because he thinks someone's going to cave my fucking head in again? I'm I, surprised, I, I wouldn't be surprised Jeremy if he Cameron, plays in a helmet. And I get, he's, if he gets anything less than six weeks, I'm going to march down to AFL house and punch Gill in the throat. <laughs> It's just no, but see so what? So the point I was getting. So the reason that this has elicited such a passionate response is because this isn't about a football thing. So have a drink and calm down, Sean. This You'll is be right. a, this is so he's he's 
being knocked out, broken jaw. He's then had to be hospitalized later that day because they found a small bleed on his brain. Yeah. So in all seriousness, three things about that, and sorry this is going to get a bit grim on this show, but um, he could have died. Yeah. He could still die. The thing about a bleed on your brain is it doesn't necessarily go away. He's going to have to get that checked constantly. It's the kind of thing where if he has, if it's if it's serious enough, if he has a similar kind of knock or a lesser knock, he could have a worse reaction. Yeah. You're talking about some clown of a footballer who decides, I'm going to play tough and hard, decides to do that to another player, could have seriously injured. Could this career ending, life ending? You've got guys who are coming out of football, um, like uh, Platten used to play for Hawthorne, who said yeah. that he has holes in his head and can't remember shit. You've got things like Justin Clark, Liam Picken in the Bulldogs. Concussion is a serious fucking thing. The AFL need to make an example of Jeremy Cameron. Give him two fucking months. Let him sit there and think of it. Give him the same amount of time that Harris Andrews could potentially miss. If I'm Chris Fagan, if he misses four weeks and the Bulldogs, the, the, Bulldogs, the Lions aren't doing fantastic, I just give him the rest of the year off. Don't bring him back. I, just initially, yeah, I would think maybe he doesn't get back. And Go play. conservative. He's a 21-year-old future leader of the club. Go conservative to make sure he's okay. Jeremy Cameron, I hope the book hits you so hard you get a concussion. <laughs> Give him nine weeks. Give him the season. Because well, here's the thing. He's been given uh, – so the match review panel met, match review officer met today with himself because it's a one-man panel. We keep calling it a panel and not a panel anymore. Well, do you love how Christian, Michael Christian, Chriso, comes out and says, yeah, we deliberated over it. We. There is no we. You watch footage and then make a decision, fuckhead. It's unless – unless, are we wrong? Does, no, no, is there a panel? Him. I think maybe, maybe him and we? Gil. It's funny for him to just like press play and be like, watch the footage and be like, oh, yeah, that was fucked. Do you know what would be great is if he was in, I like to imagine he's in a big boardroom and it's just him and he just puts it on and he's like, oh, what do you think? Oh, yeah. And he, he's put out like minutes. And he's just in his boardroom. Does he get up out own. of his chair and go and sit on the other side? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. See, oh, yeah, Michael, I think that's right. And like Gil and those guys just walk across the office and go, do you think this is a good idea for him to have the whole, yeah, just, it's just his process he's got to go through. Yeah. See, I imagine it's just like the Matrix Reloaded where there's just like a lot of screens and just one man just like sitting at them being like, oh, that's fucked. It's all fucked. But is one screen like Love Island? Like <laughs> he's got all these like football footage and everything. And he's like, oh, they've sent Taylor home. That's bullshit. Misses, um, that's when he misses the shit. But yeah, he got he got given uh, high contact, high contact, severe impact, deliberate, intentional. Yeah, which Shh. is minimum four to six. Oh, I'm surprised. Holy. Because they usually take injury into consideration because when it comes they to They definitely do. They definitely yeah. do. Yeah. So surely they'll be like- The hospitalizer. There's a medical report the Lions will have to give. You know what else they take into consideration? That he's the poster boy for the AFL's fucking club. No, he's not. He is. Of the Giants? He's yeah. not, no, he's not the poster boy for the it Giants. It is an embarrassment for the AFL the Giants missed the finals and that may be a factor. I, I think Next it's a factor where Next episode could be fucked because- his sentence will be will tomorrow come night. Out tomorrow. So by the time this episode launches, you guys will know what happened, but we don't currently. I don't I even d- care what he gets anymore. It doesn't how does it help? It doesn't help Harris Andrews. Can I? No, it doesn't. I would even I I don't hate the uh, the discussion about red cards. I think there would be think five it- incidents in the AFL history where you'd use a red card. This would be one of them. Well, that's the thing. People are like, oh, we can't be doing that. And it's like, well, no, they would almost never be used. I can think of two off the top. They're both Brisbane ones. I've got it's five. the one on the weekend and it's Steph Martin, Steph Martin getting knocked out by Stephen May. Yep. The other two I've got, Barry Hall on Brent Staker, mm-hmm. Dean Solomon on uh, Cameron Ling. 
Elbow to the back of the head, knocked him right out. I would, I would actually support in those circumstances getting that player out of the game. Yeah, well, yeah especially when obviously <laughs> Tom Bug on Callum Mills. That happened in the first quarter. And he just punched yeah. him in the jaw. You've just had him this off. act of thuggery, and then Brisbane are one man down for the whole game. And then Cameron, Cameron, kicks, goes three, and Cameron three kicks three goals. Yeah, how loud were the? I watched some of the highlights. How loud were the boos when he kicked those goals? All game and for the rest of his career. Yeah, he'll get booed by in much the same way that Darren Milburn got booed by Carlton supporters for yeah. the old Stephen Silvani thing. Hope his career is short. I hope he does his knee like five times in a row. Yeah, you look hoping for a quadruple Menzel. Yeah, just bearing in mind that's sixteen knee Ricos. It's <laughs> <laughs> not enough. Um, all right, so there are, there are people who are coming out. Uh, I think Jared Waitley was one of them, and saying, oh, the character assassination's got to stop. No, it doesn't. He's done a really bad thing and really hasn't stood up and said, I've and, done a terrible thing. And he has a history of doing a bad and thing. And he has too. a bad history. Yeah. So, no, we'll we'll drag him through the mud until the AFL give him, hopefully, an appropriate... We didn't have to drag him very far. He was down there already, sure. That's right. Uh, but I want to I find His a positive... His millions of dollars will clean it off. I want to find... <laughs> Fuckhead. I want to find a positive, Sean, to get you back. And that positive is, uh, was that Brisbane didn't give up all day, no. and I absolutely love it. Another positive out of that incident, I love Darcy Gardner. Yep. There are a couple blokes in the back line for Brisbane who I absolutely love. Darcy Gardner's one of them. Nick Robertson's the other one because they fucking just – their heart and souls with the club and with their teammates, and they flew the flag. And I'm equally as impressed with um, Dane Zorko, who's quite a fiery guy and gets in fights and stuff and gets amongst it. But his immediate concern, he went straight down and made sure Harris Andrews was okay. There were three guys around him. Yeah. Um, um, Andrews, um, Zorko, Rayner, and I think Witherden. Um, so Brisbane have a great group. And for the first, it's it's the best group they've had together for, you know, since since Vossi. Since that, that dream team. Since the dream team. I'm very excited. And yeah, I, I just love that they didn't give up the whole game because they could have easily just fallen apart. And um, and Luke Hodge was outstanding. Oh, that was what I was about to say. Luke Hodge took a fucking contender for mark of the year and then kicked an absolute kicked monster a ripper, from 50. Had 30 touches, went at 93%. He was just fucking awesome yesterday. He, he he, that's a three-vote game from him, I reckon. Yeah. He I was mean, he was massive. The only person who beats him is probably Josh Kelly, who's one of the few Actually, Giants Kelly players was great, yeah. who I like because, A, he's not an arsehole. B, he's a very good footballer. Yep. He's not getting sucked into dumb shit. He's actually playing the ball on its merits and winning it. Yeah. Um, Todge had 140 Dream Team points. He, yeah. It was the best game I've seen from him in, in, in a few years, to be honest. Yeah, he wound, Clearly his best he game wound back the clock a bit. Yeah. Was, he had to because he, he basically ended up playing the role that Harris Andrews has been filling for the last, you know, for this season. Yeah. I just had a quick, I checked out that episode, the episode briefly to uh, just have a look at Twitter, see what they were saying about Jeremy Cameron. Very big mix of, wasn't intentional. Give him our two weeks. And people being like, he should sit out for the rest of the season. Set him on fire. <laughs> um, I want to talk about Beams quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His heart's gone. His heart's gone. Yeah. Because after he stepped down, he had a massive couple of games. He did, but even if you look at his stats from this game, he's the third ranked player on the ground. 27 touches, kicked a goal. That's When it's 77%. Didn't lay a tackle, though. I don't want to. Well, that's one big thing. Didn't lay a tackle. I don't want to lay into Dane Beams, but he's he's struggling. This he's, is, he's, he's struggling. He's been soft physically uh, on the field. I mean, but, I don't mean I, mentally because I, think- I know he's battling big time. But he's looking for the easy way out of contests, and uh, this has been happening for a few weeks. And his numbers have remained pretty good. But I've been watching him, and I just and uh, every time I watch him, I'm like, he's not going hard enough at the contests, and I I don't know. Got to remember though, he did a, the whole reason he stepped down is that he associated football with his dad. Absolutely, he's that's the thing. He's battling um, 
The fact that he's still playing, he's the way putting he's big playing, numbers. But you just if you watch him closely during he's games, not he's not the same guy. And hopefully, he can get back to that. And yeah, if not well, this year, then next year. Yeah, he had a he had a garbage game against Essendon, but not he, he kicked five goals against Northwick before. Yeah, um, humor cluggage is going to be amazing. He had 27 touches. He's just... He's, was he's, he your drop, top draft pick from two years yeah, ago? Yeah, he went number three when McGrath went one and, and yeah. Taranto went two. Um, fuck, he reminds me of Simon Black and, and Pendlebury. Yeah. And that he doesn't have... <laughs> Jesus. All, no, no, no. no always, just in the way that he plays. Always has time. He's got time. Yeah. He's, he's not lightning quick, but he gets the ball and somehow he just does a half a sidestep and suddenly he's wide open. Yeah. yeah. He's, fuck, oh, he's fantastic. Brisbane's just, at the moment, really exciting to watch. The game... I haven't seen the game style this good in years, so I'm I'm excited. I would fucking dearly love to get a win, because um, it's what is it now one and twelve or something? Yeah, one and uh, one third. Oh yeah, one and twelve. One and twelve. <sighs> you got three or next week? Yeah, over there. Mm. It's getting hard, and the injuries are starting to mount up. They had a good run at the start of the year, but now you got Andrews out. You got uh, Mitch Cameron Robinson, out. Charlie you know Cameron. What? It's you know. Can we just talk about Mitch Robinson for a sec? Who yeah. tweeted during the game? When the Harris Andrews incident happened, I wish I was there. I love him. I absolutely love. He's Jeremy, another one. Jeremy like Cameron and, is um, the luckiest man alive that Mitch the Ram Robinson <laughs> wasn't on that footy field because there may have been two murders at the Gabba, and uh, I think Mitch Robinson would have got off for the uh, passion crime of passion defence. <laughs> <laughs> I would have given it to him too. Absolutely, if Mitch Robinson had been on the ground, it just like steamrolled Jeremy Cameron. Like, it's crime of passion. A former long boy, Josh Walker, came in for one of his. Oh, he hasn't yeah. been in the side for a while. No, he hasn't. He Looks started forty-five-year-old like man, but go on. No, he's got. He's, he's looking younger than ever. He's grown a bit more hair than normal. Well, no, he's, like, he's shaved guy? his hair, but grown yeah. a bit of a beard. Whereas he used to have kind of longish hair, but an old man face. Oh, I've never seen him with long hair. <laughs> I've just seen him beard, with a shaved head. The shaved head and the beard suit his old man face. Mm. Um, I liked his game. He started forward. Andrews got killed. He had to go back, and he adjusted well and played well. But the forward line then was out of whack. So, I don't know. Hopefully, they can have a better run of it next week. But Well, you got Freer and then you got Carlton. Carlton at the Gabba as well. I want to propose a theory to you, Sean. Yes, Tom. So, Luke Hodge had a career-best game after having a rest. Do you make him fly all the way to Perth or do you give him another week off and then feast on Carlton? The only issue with him, because I would just immediately be like, don't let him travel to Perth. Yeah. But the fact that Andrews won't play, if you take Hodge and Andrews, they're the two most vocal guys in that back line. I just don't know. Although it is Freo who... Who have they got? Cam McCarthy, basically. Yeah. But Michael Walters, you need a Hodge or someone like Andrews to be like, oi, look where he's running. Because some <laughs> of those him, young guys just don't have that yet. He's yeah. kicked eight. <laughs> um, so that, it's a real tough. One of the toughest challenges Brisbane will have is next week, just yeah. because of who they're missing. Um, do we want to jump into the next game? Yep. Uh, so Western Game Bulldogs, of the round. Western Bulldogs versus North Melbourne. I would say second best game of the round, but that's fine. <laughs> From a neutral perspective, I've had a stroke. Of the five best, me in the head now. I can't talk. Of the five best quarters of the week, it was four of them. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. Uh, so Western Bulldogs <laughs> played North Melbourne, and North Melbourne won by two points with a goal kicked oh, with about twenty seconds, twenty-two seconds to go. We've talked a lot about Mitch Wallace in recent weeks. And Do you want him, Sean? Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he um, fucked it. Can we talk about someone else then? If we're not, if we're doing how he fucked it, yeah. Sean Higgins, when the game was on the line in that third quarter, he kicked two goals and had ten touches. I think six contested, and then again in that last quarter, 
that final passage of play that ended in the Zeeble goal, he was involved twice. He got the ball off half back, moved it forward, kept running, got it again on the half forward line and got it out to Ben Ben Benny Brown. Was Sean Higgins ben, in the top ben, 50 ben, Benny Brown. <laughs> at the start of the year? No. Nah. Well, he's he's top 15 now. Yeah. He's the smoky for the Brownlow medal. And yeah. In this game, Ben Brown also just put himself in a lock for uh, the Coleman, basically. Kick five in a low score. How far ahead is he? He he He's kicked 40. Second place is kicked 35, but uh, second place is not going to be playing any games. For oh, Jezza. Bye-bye to your Coleman. Cop that. Buddy's kicked 31, and he's third. So he's nine goals uh, off. Yeah, that's but- not enough space. <laughs> no. Oh, sorry. How, far, all back's, how all- far back's Kennedy? Because he just accumulates. Um, hang on. I... Injury know. has cost Josh Kennedy two or three Coleman's, I reckon. Oh yeah, and he still nearly won. And he still won year. three or four of them. Yeah. Like it's ins- he's actually carved out. He's underrated, I think. Weirdly, <laughs> see the thing. The thing is, Ben Brown could You're have a, a game. Show. Ben Brown could have a game where he goes goalless, and Buddy could kick nine. Well, that's the like, thing. That is the thing that could absolutely happen. Because Benny Brown's kept goalless a couple of times. Frank, Sydney have probably got like a St Kilda. Didn't or- Buddy win last year on the back of kicking ten in the last round? Yes. yes. Didn't he steal it from Joey yes. and Brown? No, no, um, no, stole it from Kennedy, who kicked six in a game that, like, six or eight in a game that, and thought him, he'd stitched it up, put himself then, uh, four ahead, and then Buddy just came home like a train and beat him by six. Jesus. Now this game, game of the round, I watched a fair so bit of it. It's a good game. Josh Great Kennedy's game. Twenty nine goals, by the way. Twenty nine. Yeah. And what's Benny Brown on? Forty. Not enough. Eleven. Yeah, although it is, it's Kennedy only- has kicked a couple of backs to 10 in his time. Yeah. I'd love Benny Brown to win the Coleman, though. Nah, fuck him. <laughs> really? Yeah, cheat. Oh. Nah, sorry for slandering the, the big man. Nah, I He's just- the heart of Tasmania. You know what? I retract. He can win. Um, <laughs> Bulldogs, Bulldogs finally- Sorry, I'm all over the shop. <laughs> it's all right. Jeremy Cameron elbowed me in the heart. <laughs> North Melbourne, a good- Still, but Bulldogs finally found a bit of heart. Yeah, this would have been a good win for them to get. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't because then Essendon wouldn't be in trouble next week. Uh, I think you mean Geelong. Did you hear that? No, I meant because if North lost this game, oh, they would have oh, come out firing against Essendon. Okay, well, we've got the Bulldogs this week. So, <laughs> Did you hear that Beveridge tore the paint off the walls after the game? And doesn't do that. Isn't a tear the paint off the walls kind of coach. And then had a whinge because the media were in the rooms and could hear through the walls everything he was saying. And then he had a whinge that they shouldn't have been in there eavesdropping. And they're like, well, you were yelling. (laughs) What type of stuff was he saying? Um, It's weirdly no one's actually, they've all had a little bit of integrity. Tom Brown mustn't have been there. And they've- um, Cancorn certainly wasn't there. He would have been tweeting it. But they said it was just like a lot of swearing and a lot of that they messed it up, basically. So I think, yeah. Oh, he pinpointed, he showed them the last 120 seconds or something of the game. And said, we cooked it here. And he, he, he pinpointed 14 points where they fucked it. Fucking hell. So it, it was, wasn't just he Mitch was, Wallace. Yeah, he was really annoyed about, uh, the Mitch Wallace kick he said was irrelevant because it was more about all the stuff that led to them get Because he's like, they got from one end of the ground to the other like that. Yeah, it was less the Mitch Wallace mistake and more the fact that the, the boys didn't regroup. And, the, and yeah, he said the, the structures fell, fell apart. Because what happened is the ball goes down on the full, North get a kick in, and he's, his argument was that they should have structured up so that ball didn't come out of that forward 50. And they Well, didn't. yeah, because Mitch Wallace had a shot at goal and missed. Totally no, nah, Mitch Wallace was kicking trying to hit a man to Billy Gowitz, who was running out to the pocket. Probably should have just gone to the square. There was a pack of players, ball dies. Even, yeah. even if it's a ball up, it's 20 seconds to go yeah. in your forward line. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I didn't see it. I only heard about it. I heard that Mitch Wallace just cooked it and then. Can we talk about how good Magic Dawes' last quarter was? Oh, 
Like the Bulldogs kept coming and he's kept found coming. His, he's found his he's spot. He's found his spot. Yeah. He's finally delivered it. on all that potential. I love it. I love oh. Mad Jack. He's a he's a great his athletic ability. I still remember the day. It probably would have been like f- nearly five years ago. He killed Brisbane, and Daniel Merritt actually knocked him out. Um, <laughs> accidentally, just, just pulled a Jeremy Cameron. Well, no, it was it was in a contest, but um, I think it was ten minutes into the game because North were already up by five goals, and Magic Dorrit had a hand in three or four of them. Wow. And I was like to my brother, "We are fucked. This is like his best game ever." And then Merritt just destroyed him. I still beat us by eleven goals, but he's he's freakishly talented. He's and I've never think, been able to. Well, I think as get. a forward, if you struggle a bit, you're just in and out of the game. But when he's a backman, and they say to him, "Your job is to stop that guy," yeah, he, then he can focus up. Yeah, and, he, and the other thing too is it gives him a bit of flexibility because he yeah. can go into the ruck when they need him to go to well, the that's ruck. Why he's, when, you know when they've used him occasionally in the past as a ruckman, and they go, "Oh, he goes all right as a ruckman." It's because when you're a ruckman, you have a, a focused yeah. job. Forward's a bit harder. And the best thing is, he takes fucking huge hangers for a dude who's six foot seven. <laughs> yeah. He gets up into he gets almost as high as Dusha did on Thursday night. Oh. Yeah, like he he took a, he you know could be taking a mark and tickling your toes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, over you know what? I'll be, I'll be fucking back up there if uh, if Essendon beat North, I will be so stoked. Like I'll be talking finals. Even though I know that I was already talking finals, but I'll be talking finals. <laughs> um, um, but no, I, I, I think Dawes found his spot, and I think North are. Um, if they get to September, they're they're a smoky, dangerous side. Yeah, because they, they're the team that could literally beat anyone. They're mm. a chance of an ambush every week. Oh, love it. Yes, yeah. I was about to do the same thing you were about to do, Dusha. Okay, cool. I'm glad we're on the same page. Last game of the round, Collingwood defeated Carlton. Carlton were with them most of the game. Collingwood just a bit too good, but too cocky, probably. Dale Thomas got reported. Charlie Kerner took a fucking mark of the year contender. He's going to be so good. Oh, he's one of those players that you look at. Like, you look at, you know, there's all this talk of Murphy leaving and it's pretty bleak at the Blues, but you go, there are three players there that you look at and you go, oh, no, there's the future. Who's the third? Cripps and the two Kernos. The two Kernos, all right. Yep. One um, of them's older, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's older, but he's he's just a, he's a consistent player that probably doesn't get enough plaudits. Jack Silvani as well. Oh yeah, no, yeah. he's been very um, up and down. Yeah, he's been very maligned. Maybe he just up, he hasn't found a spot yet. He's fucking played well against Essendon a couple of times, and that's why he just sticks in my head. Yeah. So they basically though they've got Cripps, who is a smoky for the Brownlow, and will probably win the players like the coaches MVP player award. He's leading that the coaches votes. He's coming second behind Fife. Remember when we said he was really good? And we didn't write him off at the start of the year. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, but you know what? I reckon. I reckon that is enough about that game as well. Sean, you look a bit despondent. We, why, we, why don't we start, this week's been a bad week for you. Let's move on to next week and do some profit calls. What do we got, Dusha? If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right. First game of next week. Another Thursday night game. Richmond Tigers take on Sydney Swans at Etihad for some reason. What? Yeah. yeah. Is there something on at the G, Tom? What's no. The word? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense then. Why has that happened? Sean, I'd like you to ask me a question about who owns Etihad Stadium. Who owns Etihad Stadium? The AFL. Oh. You're kidding. Not no. that they own it, but like the fact that this is happening. I, there, there, would be, there would be a, contra- a contractual stipulation that, that they a have to play X amount of, of games. X amount of high profile games at Etihad oh, Stadium. Oh, you're fucking kidding me. That's such a weird one to put there. Mm. Considering uh, that there's another game in Etihad the next night. I'm going to yeah. tip. I'll tip Sydney now. Yep, me too. I would have tipped Sydney at the MCG just quietly as well, though. Uh, quickly, I just want to add. Mm. Some people have made some comments. Yeah. Sometimes on a Monday when we record, we say who we think's going to win, and then throughout the week, that changes for various reasons. Uh, I'm just referring to you, Dusha. Yeah, I was going to say, because- people, people come after. People come after me, but it's pretty easy to go after whoever's on top of the ladder, because everyone punches up. Oh. <laughs> There's no one for me to have a go at, because I'm at the top. And I'm two I, games up now. Are you saying uh, you're Gary Ablett Jr., and everyone else are the play- people that boo him? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much what I'm saying. Um, he's saying that he's Michael Voss and everyone else is like Heard and Buckley. <laughs> <laughs> he's that far in front. Oh. Good on you, mate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Especially yeah. tipping Essendon every week. How are you so far in front? I'd just like to point out, I've had two perfect rounds of tipping in a row now. Fucking hell. Yeah, you're filthy. What's the next game? <laughs> Western Bulldogs versus Geelong at Etihad. Again. <sighs> This is a danger game. Because the Cats don't play well, Alpha Boy. Sean, I'd like you to ask me how many times, how many games we've won, say, in the last five years. I'd like to ask you, but I know the answer to that. Uh, Guess how many? Zero. Zero. Mm. Yeah. Still going to win, though. Can I say, (laughs) the difference this time is, after this buy, there is a chance that Harry Taylor is back. Scott Selwood is back. Cam Guthrie is back. Dan Menzel is back. Oh, big. They're beautiful. And also... Your opponent, the Western Bulldogs, maybe cooked themselves last week. <laughs> but are they? 
Look for the first quarter. I think the dogs will win the first quarter <laughs> just because they'll have Bevo's fucking yeah, Angelong eruption of, of, of violence ringing in their ears. The the thing that happens, though, that'll, that'll be difficult for them is in the last two games that Dangerfield has played against the Bulldogs, he's had 76 possessions. Yeah. Oh, um, like combined. Uh, and six goals. Jeez. Plays well against the Dogs. Yeah. Um, good luck. <laughs> I'm sure you're keen to have a look up close at Luke Dahlhouse. Yeah, I'll have a look at him before he comes and plays at my team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, Cats. Yeah. Uh, yes, Cats by, I would think, seven goals. Yeah, it, I don't think it'll be that close. I do, yeah, I don't think it'll be a close game. And I'm pretty confident that Geelong will win. Cotton v Port Adelaide at the MCG. Port Adelaide. Yes, next game. <laughs> oh, yeah, Port. Adelaide versus West Coast at Adelaide Oval. West Coast. West Coast. Yeah, West Coast. Do you know why? Because uh, Adelaide have lost their competitive edge. Uh, this week it was announced that they've decided to part ways with their fucking weird, psychological, fucked up, dumb, mindful, camp-running dick shit wankers. <laughs> I don't know. Held a, held a press conference. Do you know what? Do, do we have time for this? Oh, look, we've got all the time in the world. Great, because I screenshotted the press conference. So they sacked the company uh, Collective Mind, who ran that really fucking weird preseason it's camp. It's funny to sack a company. Mm, they parted ways. So this is the press so conference. So the Collective Mind... Work with them throughout the season. Yeah. Okay. Jesus. Um, and it's taken them this long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's some good quotes from the press conference. Um, How did they not part ways with them when it all first came out? Jesus. Because, Adelaide, what are you doing? Because Adelaide are a bunch of stubborn fuckheads. So this is, this, is, uh, this is the first thing I love. Clearly, we had some good impact with the program last year, but this year hasn't gone the way we wanted it to. Don't think last year went the way you wanted it to either when you <laughs> lost the grand final. Another great quote. These guys are not psychologists. They are mental skills coaches. Oh, ah, good. That's, so, that's like me going, oh, yeah, now this guy, yeah, now he's not a physio. Um, he's just a leg rubber. <laughs> he just likes to rub my leg for no reason. Yep. That's the homeless man you met on the bus, mate. We haven't come away with a good result from the camp. Now, that's understatement of the fucking century. <laughs> Pike, some of these sessions didn't hit the mark and didn't resonate with the players. These would be the players who demanded, like, an inquiry and an Indigenous player who, like, took time off from the club over something that they believed was disrespectful to a traditional Indigenous artefact. Don Pike, I won't be an apologist for us trying to get better. So it hasn't worked. We make a decision and we move on. Mm, I think I don't think we can just move on, Don, because uh, you've cooked an entire season, putting all of your chips, not on red or black, but just on the floor on the hope the ball would bounce off the roulette table. Using I won't apologise for trying to get better as a defence is fucked. You know what that kind of sounds like? It sounds like a defence that uh, a certain club used in 2000. 12? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking sounds they've like... Go, they've gone straight to the James Heard playbook. Yeah. And also, like, because this is without breaking any rules this time, but it's pretty similar because they haven't just fucked this season. All the players fucking hate the club now. They're going to lose key players. They've fucked themselves for more than just this and season. And a lot of, lot of players come out and say, oh, it's not affecting our culture. I just... I. Adelaide had such a... It sounds really... It's going to sound weird the way I word this, but the culture at Adelaide seemed to be really strong... After the death of Phil. Yeah. It kind of galvanized the club and you kind of believed in them. They've done this weird culty fucking, I don't even know what it is. And I think it's it's at the detriment of the club. Those Both players aren't playing the way they always did. Yeah, they've had, they've had injuries to key players, 100%. But even when those players were fit, there was something just not quite right at Adelaide. Just like, just like the moment the tax came out and went after the players wanted to leave. It was just... Bad leadership. Bad leadership. From the top to bottom, really. Yeah. In fact, the only Paul Bryce Gibbs, 
I know, he's, right? He's left a garbage club and walked in and gone, oh, no. He, you know, well, in his defense, well, I guess, luckily for him, maybe he just thinks all clubs are like this now. That's yeah, oh, probably so this right. this is what every AFL club's, that's so sad. Oh, that makes me so sad. Should have gone to Port Adelaide. He should have. Still can. Still could. Imagine if there was a mass exodus from Adelaide to Port. Oh. Imagine the showdowns. Oh. Port? Well, it'd, it'd be very one-sided because there's, no, there's just Tex running around by himself with Tom Lynch. I really don't like Tex. <laughs> no, we, we know. We, I feel like none of us really like Tex. I think it's been stated multiple times. Mm. In fact, I would go as far as, as to say is I don't like Adelaide the club. Nah, me either. Just this shit. This shit again. It just they haven't been open about their injuries. They're very secretive. It's almost mm. like they're hiding the fact that they're fucking up. Yeah. I don't have the time of day for South Australian football, to be quite honest. Ooh, that's a big call. Nah, well, I already hate Port Adelaide. And now Adelaide are just shit me up the wall with this garbage. <laughs> All right, well, treat but- your players with respect. Oh, it's just fucking stupidity. And I the hate next when guy- a club culture isn't just like mates. Yeah. Hey, you just giving me a great segue. You ready? What? Speaking of club cultures that are fucked, Gold Coast take on Collingwood next week. (laughs) Where? Metricon. Does it matter? Nah. Fuck, they could have been playing fucking down the road. Mm. Fucking in a local park. Doesn't matter. I think Collingwood by seven goals. Yeah, I I think so as well. I I think it'll be a huge blowout. No, but Gold Coast decided that they were going to swap not kicking a goal in the last quarter to not kicking a goal for two quarters. They're, They're in big trouble. I think there might be a blowout, actually. Because Collingwood, if they win this and West Coast, for instance, lose, lose to Adelaide, Adelaide, which is possible, Collingwood are their percentage is it's a big dip. That Collingwood and Port have a much lower percentage than anyone uh, anyone in the top six, or top seven actually. So Collingwood might be looking at this game being like here's percentage a percentage booster. So I'm going to say ten goals. Yeah, okay. me too. Right. Cool. Uh, GWS take on Hawthorne. Who cares? Yep, uh, Hawks. Yeah, Hawks. I uh, want them both to lose, so good. It's good to get back to a round that has nine games again, though. It is. It's going to be a full weekend of footy. How do we feel about Thursday night footy? I don't I like mind it. it. I, I don't mind it, yeah. Because, yeah. as I've stated before, I go to the pub on Thursday nights. Do anything yeah. good? And you've had a good experience with Thursday night football yeah. recently. And Yeah, no, it's just, I don't, know, I don't mind it. Footy starts early. And like I'm a I'm a fan too. Thursday night when I was in uni was always uni night as well. So it's already like it's almost like just like a tease of the weekend. And like one day at work left, who cares? Stay up late, watch the footy, go out, have a beer. Yes. Thursday nah, fuck it. I'm not like on the fence about Thursday night footy. I rate it. Every week. Sunday. Uh Melbourne Demons take on St. Kilda. Melbourne. Yeah, Melbourne. easy. Sunday afternoon. So where is that game? Uh MCG. Yeah, Melbourne. <laughs> if I said Eddie had, would you have been like Melbourne St- traditionally aren't great at Eddie had? And the Saints have got to win something at some point. Oh, they did. They beat Gold Coast. Nah, Melbourne by 100 points. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because they'll be smarting from Queen's birthday and the close loss against Port. Yeah. Big one, Dusha. Sunday afternoon. Essendon take on North Melbourne. <sighs> Essendon. I'm backing the boys. Yep. You know what, boys? Mm. What? I'm backing them too. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise. Mm. The worst part is now that I've been real smug about winning the footy tips, it means that everyone's going to start, anyone who's serious about winning is going to start backing against Essendon every week. Oh, yeah. Oh. Including Sam, friend of the show, who yeah, is an Essendon a supporter. supporter. TC. Um, <laughs> all right, last game. Frio take on Brisbane. I want to believe Sean, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Look, boys. Boys. I'm okay if you want to tip Frio. I'm going to tip Frio. I'm okay with it. I've got a footy tipping competition to win. Yep. 
I, I, I respect that and I support that. I don't have a footy tipping competition to win. I've got friendship to win. I'm going to back the, the Lions. You... I'm saying I'm saying to you, yep. for the friendship, if you need a tip, Freo, you can do it. Do you have I a tipping stand. rival? I can't I remember. No, I don't. Um, I'm just lovable and dumb. So. <laughs> I will be tipping Brisbane. Yeah, me too. By one point. Jeez. Three goals. All right. Uh, it hurts that you don't believe, Sean. I do believe. Yeah, but like not as much. You're not even trying to get us on board. Well, I'm just trying to look out for my mates. You're a good, you're a good bloke. Yeah. How good's footy? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Well, I've got fucking the most amount of emails we've ever received to cheer You got any, har- you got any uplifting ones? <laughs> um, I was saying to Tom on the drive here, I was listening to the Invictus soundtrack. <laughs> and I got very uplifted, but now I've come crashing back down to earth like you did, but not happy. Yeah, I just re-entered. I was like, have you guys been to space? It's fucked up there. <laughs> All right. We got so many. All right. So Mark's emailed us. And you know what? Just going to clarify. We got so many fucking emails. I'm going to have to paraphrase a lot of these. I'm sorry. Thank you so much for emailing, but we got a lot this week. We love you all, but we take too long to talk about shit. Yeah. <laughs> And if people keep doing fucked things to Brisbane, we're going to have a lot more shit to talk about every week. All right, so Mark has emailed us. He lives in New Zealand, uh, and he loves hearing us talk about Sydney as he barracks for them. He had a flat in South Melbourne, uh, and then he was upset that there wasn't a South Melbourne football team for him to follow. Then someone explained to him oh, there is. Sydney Swans. This was in 2016, so he was like, look, I don't want to jump on a bandwagon. So he made a deal. If Sydney won a fi- that final, he wouldn't barrack for them. Ooh. But if they lost, he'd back the Swans, and he's like, and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, um, good on him. I, I respect that. That's a good bandwagon to get on. Yeah, yeah. the grand finalist, <laughs> a team that has never bottomed out. Although he wouldn't know that going in. No, no. And yeah, people ask, why do you back for Sydney? He just loves to remind them because it's the South Melbourne, and then they always respect it because he's like he's done his research, and that's good to hear. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Good Keep on you, listening. Mark. Enjoy Keep- New Zealand. No, nah, don't. Come back to South Melbourne. Big TC. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got an email from Gwen, who paraphrases very nice. He's saying, afternoon, boys. Heads up. This one isn't time sensitive, so we've got a bunch of other emails. Read this one another week. Thanks for the email, Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> I like, okay, so, so she's actually got a caveat at the start to be like, if, if you don't have time to read my email, hold it off till next week. Yeah. Well, I want to read her email. Yeah. She's Because she's thoughtful. Uh, basically, she moved out of home in 2012, and she wasn't talking to her dad so much because he wasn't particularly chatty. Uh, but then they started decided to start following the footy. Sean, your heart is just... The, the, Since the then... The cold heart inside you has just warmed a fraction, hasn't it? They started going to games together. <sighs> and become t- she, Gwen has become twice the fan that he is. <sighs> and she started embarrassing her dad by getting into the games too much, which is the best. What team? Uh... This is where the email takes a bit of a turn. Oh, no. However, because I did not wish to be disowned, I am now a diehard Collingwood supporter. Like my father, my grandfather, <laughs> and my great-great-grandfather, and everyone else in my extended family, Sean's pushed the microphone away. <laughs> now, I've known my whole life that everybody else hates Collingwood, but maybe because I got really into the game a little older, I'm not really 100% sure why. Can the boys explain to me why exactly everyone hates us and allow me to come up with more specific comebacks? Thanks for your help. Go Pies. Well, Gwen, you've been so nice to us. Um, so I hate Collingwood because of the Essendon-Collingwood rivalry and also Collingwood fans, I think, at least in the 80s, had a reputation for being scum. Yeah. 
which yeah. is probably a dad. So sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and your grandfather and no, your whole family. It was, and to be honest, when your family scum is what Dusha is <laughs> trying to say. I'm gonna backpedal on that. Every team has terrible fans. Yeah, everything has people that hate it. Except yeah. Gold Coast, who have no fans. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it was just that. Yeah, the fans were very vocal, and the not so great fans were very passionate and bad people. What's hilarious is like I'm thinking about it now. And I'm like I don't even know why I don't like Collingwood. They've never done anything. It's like, the it's the stigma and the reputation. I think it's the reputation and the fact that they're a big club and yep. Eddie the Eddie Maguire factor for me. The fact yes. that they're always whinging that they get a lot of preferential treatment. You know. Yeah, yeah. and fuck them. They've had a few players that have been kind of just like dogs. Not great. Although Dane Swan, I hated playing, like watching him play. But as a person, I'm like, Love he's, him. yeah, he's he's good. Yeah. He also went to the same high school as me, so that's all right. I'm much younger than him, though, so we never shared any school time together. All right, next email from Jacob. <laughs> this is my brother? No, Jacob McRae. No, not my brother. No, your brother would be Jacob Reed. Yeah. Yeah. Is it um, Jack McRae's brother? <laughs> no, but he's here to help us with uh, time management. <laughs> <laughs> How long's this episode got, Dusha? <laughs> Too long. G'day, blokes. I'll, I'll tell you how to fix time management. Don't read this fucking email. <laughs> now, nah, let's see what Jacob has to say. He recommends us skimming over games that we don't care about and have nothing to say. We do. Maybe with a gesture. Uh, Jacob, we're an audio medium. I guarantee you that there is gestures happening all the time in here. I'm currently pointing at my phone as I say this. Anyway, also, we did skip two games this week. Yeah, we yep. did. Uh, Jacob We've been loves good our boys. work. And <laughs> Sean, how are you feeling at the moment? Because the next couple... He ends his email with four words that I don't think you're going to like. Love your work regardless, and up the Giants. When did he send the email? Four days ago. Before the game. Mm. I would have expected an apology. Jacob. I, um, this goes out to Jacob McRae. I await your apology for that, <laughs> for that smugness. Do you, know what's, do you know what's heartbreaking? I want you to apologize on behalf of that dog that plays in your forward line. Um, but thank you for your email. Sean, if, if supporters had to make apologies to players, in the early 2000s, you were doing apologizing every day. No, but... <laughs> like, this is, this is worse than... <laughs> this is worse than the, the fairness that Voss dished out. I'm not talking about Voss. I'm talking, I know you're talking about, about Mel Lynch Michael. and oh, Mel Michael and the Scott brothers. Alistair Lynch warned Wakeland before <laughs> he threw punches. He said, today's my last game. If you come near me, I'll cave your face in. He came near him. <laughs> Do you know, although, and also he didn't follow through on the threats because guess he walked away barely getting touched. <laughs> yeah, that's only because Lynch couldn't hit the side of a barn with those fists. <laughs> Lynch the only person to cop an 11 week suspension for not making contact with any hit? Yeah, it's, did it's, any of them hit? I was really oh, excited. I think a couple did. Yeah, but nothing. I love during the time management email, we've gone off track. <laughs> All right, next email is from someone called Sierra Sachs. That's the name that's coming from the email, but they cool. didn't sign it off, so let's cool. just go with that. Boys, I hurt. We were so close to a flag last year. Maybe we needed to play footy rather than staring down the Tigers pre-game. Oh! Now, half our list is injured. Everyone wants to leave and we still can't win a damn game. Still, I can't help myself and put on the tricolors and scream for the fruit tingles every week. I even managed to stand up, Tom. Hey, we've established that I can stand up. <laughs> how good's footy? Dot, 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 dot. P.S. I don't know how Carney and Douche do it. I'm already sick of toast. Uh, my team's a finals chance, mate. Pull your head in. More of a finals <laughs> chance than yours, Sierra Sachs. Oh, yeah. nah, fair though. That's yeah, fair. That's, that's, that's accurate. Great, yeah, yeah. And I'm, look, and I'm like, my heart goes out to Adelaide supporters that I guess aren't drop kicks. Yeah, yeah. Your club really betrayed you there. 
So I'm look, I'm sorry for that, but also don't appreciate the toast comment. I enjoy roasts and toasts fairly evenly this season. Just sure. I feel the toast comment and um yeah, the only thing I can recommend is variety and what you spread on that. And vari- <laughs> variety of breads. Bit of rye, bit of Bread choice grain. is crucial, I've discovered. Raisin. It's not a problem I've ever had in my life until this. Well, yeah. yeah. Last year, it's nice to mix that with garlic yeah. bread. Garlic bread was the height of, <laughs> yeah. of the season. Tried a bit of pitter and dip. Oh, I feel like that's pushing it into like... That's almost that's, entree territory. Well, that's when well, that's when it's a draw. <laughs> that's a bit too nice. <laughs> Everyone's going to have pitter and dip. <laughs> uh, we got an email from Robbie, who he went early this week to uh, congratulate me on my footy tipping and said he's counting on your boys, Carney, to get up. They didn't win. Uh, so he... I'm sorry, Robbie. Didn't do as well as he hoped. He attached a picture to prove that he tipped Essendon. I appreciate that. Good on him. Courage. So we got another massive and very lovely email from a lovely lady from Canada called Dante? Dante? I'm so sorry for butchering your name. Uh, Greeting sports fans. She was going to start the email off with something insulting, but she can't because she's Canadian and it felt too rude to call us dickheads. Oh, I love it. Uh, she w- just want- It's a very lovely email. She wants to give us props for being entertaining enough to bring us back to the podcast every week, even though she has no real knowledge of AFL. Um, the entry point is Mike Pike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she admires our passion and figures this is what it would sound like with normal people when she's ranting about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So thanks for giving her that experience. She's in a constant state of confusion, but don't feel bad because she hasn't really figured out the sports in Canada and has had 19 years to do so. <laughs> Isn't it just hockey? Yeah. And various forms of... They play the cross. I watched a game of that when I was in Canada. Was it good? Yeah, guys got, like, smashed. Yeah, lacrosse is rough. Yeah, it is. Um, the amount she knows about Aussie rules players' teams after listening to us for a couple of months is actually pretty impressive. And the crux of the email is... Uh, so after all the very, very nice things, she goes on to ask... Um, we'll point out that there's a very strong similarity between geeky fan bases and sports fans. 100%. And she was just wondering if... It's similar, like a similar culture of like, so how there's like geeky fan bases like Star Wars and whatever, where there is people that uh, in terms of passion, loyalty and arseholes have ruined things by taking them too seriously rather than being understanding and disagreeing with you. Or if that's just like a nerd thing. No, it 100% happens in sport as well. It's the, it's the people we talk about going after umpires, booing players on the field and whatever. It definitely happens. I will say this though. There is, I think there's that a bit of a toxic fandom thing that exists with nerd culture and that you would never hear a football fan accuse someone of being a fake football fan. Like yeah. fake, ge- fake geek girl as an insult, I don't think exists in football terms. Yeah, there's not really fake you, We have the fair fan. weather supporter, which is someone who only gets on board when the team's doing well. Yeah. Um, but no one... My oh, sister. Bandwagoner. Bandwagoners, yeah. She also just wants to ask a question that we have we reference all the time, and it's probably good for our fans to hear this. Just wants to know why eating toast when you lose is a thing. And this is something we covered in like the first couple of episodes because she asked if it's an Australian thing or a sports thing. Uh, it's not. It's neither, neither of those things. It's something we accidentally started because Tom. So it's a me thing. No, it's my Terence, my dad. Um, when we were kids. Uh, we'd watch the footy, and on a weekend, you'd have your Sunday roast. If Geelong won on that Sunday, my dad would cook the roast, and you'd have a lovely big roast. Or um, if you lost, it would be toast. And that it's continued. But my dad even offered to cook douche roast lamb if he could get to Geelong this weekend after the Bombers won. And you were going to go on the colder <laughs> freeway, which would have taken you two hours in the wrong direction. I tried my best without looking at a map. I was too excited and maybe a bit under the influence. 
I didn't drive, just to clarify that. Um, but no, yeah, toast is a is a is a is just an us thing. We'd love it to catch on Australia wide, though. I'm just waiting for like Jared and Robbo on AFL 360 moment, being like, "Yeah, well, you have some toast this weekend, Jared." <laughs> I'll just head to space again very quickly yeah. if that happened. <laughs> Mark Robinson just changes his weekly Herald Sun column from the tackle to toast or roast. <laughs> Next email. All right, so we got an email from Nicole who just wants to double check if she is a TC. Uh, she was raised in a non-sporting can I, can house. Can I just get in before you finish this email and I'm going to predict the answer is probably? <laughs> knowing knowing most of the answers to these questions. Um, the fact you have to ask probably says it all, right? Well, I don't know. I'll put it out there. Okay. <clears throat> Sean? So Nicole was raised in a non-sporting household. Uh, when asked to pick a team in high school, she backed Freo as they were kind of the underdog in WA and her English teacher was a big fan. If she's honest, her heart has always belonged to West Coast since they came out to my primary school and taught us how to not fear marks. How do I choose a team without being a TC? I, you know what? In that situation, back West Coast. That's a nice thing to have done. And also, actually, in this current climate, in 2018, 100% follow West Coast. Not because they're a more successful club, but because they seem to be the nicer club that doesn't have a terrible, toxic culture. Or a coach that gets up to no good. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. No? Well, yeah, I guess allegedly. I'm unclear on whether she has been following footy this whole time or if it's like this show's brought her back and now she's trying to decide because when she was in school, she went for Frio. But yeah. I skipped over vital information. The last okay. game she'd watched was the 2005 grand final. Oh. Okay. So she's a casual football fan who wants to get back into it now and yes. has connections to both teams from her childhood, but a stronger connection to West Coast. Yes. You're a West Coast supporter. Sean. When a man knows who he is, the choice is no choice at all. That's absolutely <laughs> right. Uh, on a totally separate note, you boys make my heart flutter when you get as excited about the women's AFL as you do your boys. Because it's fucking good. Fucking so pumped for the next AFLW season. We could probably potentially cover the AFLW season because at this time around, two of us will have to team in it this next Yeah, comp. fuck. We definitely should, I think. We oh, absolutely fuck, Yeah, will. we will. Yeah. 100%. It's only because we started late. The show started a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I fucking love it. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm fucking invested. Brisbane have come runner up twice in a row now. They're going to go one step further if they've got any players left after North, <laughs> North have Melbourne raided, raided them. them. Anyway, we've got a upsetting email from Joshua Clark. Hi lads, love your work. Thanks for the potty and all your continued shenanigans. My dad passed away grand final week last year after a long battle with illness. Fuck cancer. I was very a casual footy watcher before this, but during the course of his treatment, we used our woeful D's as a bonding thing, win or lose. We spent that time together. He was in hospital when I had to explain that we missed out the finals last year by percentage, oh. and I think my heart actually broke. Since he has passed away, footy has been a great bonding exercise for me and my brother, who have become closer even though we barrack for different teams. He's a bomber's man. So I guess my question is, what is the best bonding moment you boys have had because of footy? Sorry for the long sob story. I just thought it would be interesting how my newfound footy interest had helped me in ways I did not imagine. Keep up the good work. All right. So without answering that question, I'd just like to let Josh know that uh, I actually had a similar thing with my grandfather, who was the one that I spoke about last week, the Sydney... Sydney, Sydney, South Melbourne yeah. sport. So he passed away a week after the loss, the grand final loss uh, to West Coast in 2006. Six, when I lost the rematch. Yeah, yeah. And he was in hospital and we had to explain to him that Sydney had lost. He watched the game, but he was like, yeah, yeah, it, it's fucking hard. And he, like my grandfather was obviously upset, but also like remained positive. It was weird because he was like, oh, it's all right. We won last year. 
And it was a cracking game. But yeah, fuck. That's rough. That is rough. Best also, moments? fuck you, Melbourne, for ha- forcing Joshua <laughs> to have to do that, you fucking shitty club. You should have just stuck and fucking won. You know what? <laughs> Max Gorn, go find Josh Clark. You owe him a handshake. You do. Maybe a bit of a hug. And, and you owe him a fucking finals berth. Which, look, Josh, you're going to get it this year, I reckon, mate. Best bonding moment. Best bonding. I've had moments where I've... But I've had bro- I've had bonding moments with my younger brother at Port Adelaide games. We've gone to mm. together, which has been really nice. Probably the one, the big one from my dad and I was when we watched the 2012 game where Tom Hawkins kicked the goal after the siren against Hawks and beat them, and we hugged oh. as the goal went through. <laughs> That's so cool. It was a nice little little moment. When my parents got divorced, uh, my dad moved back to South Melbourne for a while, and me and him used to go to a lot of games then. I remember he actually took a mark once. He feels really bad about this, but I was young enough that I was just, like, real stoked that he'd... So he uh, play sprayed a kick and just, like, went straight to us, and he took a mark. And there was no way I was going to mark it, but he was just, like, he was, like, one of the biggest regrets in my life is I didn't just give it to you to hand pass back. And I was, like, I didn't care. I was just, like, my dad just <laughs> took a fucking mark. That's incredible. Uh, I tell you that when we were at the Port Geelong game, my brother marked a ball that Hamish Hartlett uh, that had gone out on the full, and he had to handball it back to Hamish Hartlett. And I wasn't sure he was going to be able to do that with his erection in the way. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, um, after school, I'd catch the bus back and go and walk to my granddad's place uh, until mum would come pick me up. And I'd hang out with him and he had the Fox footy channel. So he yep. was just watching footy all the time. He was a mad demon supporter, actually. So I, I really bonded with my pop over watching just footy replays and stuff, even to the point where he, I, I by that point, I knew more about footy, I think, than he did. Um, and I would just sort of go along with it and pretend that he was teaching me all this stuff about, <laughs> about players that I already knew about. But it was yeah. not, I was, that was like the the time that I would spend with him, where it was just kind of like me and him. So that yeah. was a nice, and that was you know that was footy. That was yeah. I backed for Brisbane. He backed for the Demons, but he didn't care. He just loved footy and wanted yeah. to talk about footy. Yeah, and, oh, that's nice. I used yeah. to go to the so when we used to go to Geelong games as a kid, I sit with my my grandma and grandpa, not my mum and dad. Yeah, partially because grandma would like cook scones and cake. Yeah. Fuck yeah! Uh, and then I remember watching the because I I couldn't go to the 07 Grand Final, so I watched it with my pa. And uh, he then was like, you should go out onto the street and run down the street in your jumper. So I did. Yeah. Was it good? Did you <laughs> it feel good? fucking awesome. Yes. My uh, my dad still gets behind Hawthorne occasionally just because his dad went for Hawthorne. Because um, we were like cleaning out the house and there's a there's a Hawthorne scarf. And I'm like, oi, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and he goes, ah, oh, that was your pops. And I'm like, all right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were about to call your dad a super <laughs> word. Yeah. Oh, that was a touching email. That was. And now we've got the next one, which is just- me being smug, Thomas emailed us. West Coast Eagles, the team of Mr. Joel Zamet, lost to Dusha two weeks in a row. <laughs> Cop at Zamet, which is something I definitely thought about. It's rare for one man to lose against another man twice, twice in two <laughs> weeks. I was equally smug both times. Ah, another email about Essendon. Uh, subject, up the fucking bombers, all caps. Did you send this to yourself? No, it's from Matt. From a fake email account. <laughs> it's from Matt. Matt Dusha? No. <laughs> Matt at Sandspans Radio. <laughs> Matt at douche13 at Sandspans. <laughs> <laughs> 
Douche at Tom and Carney. I was out with the boys on Friday and not one bar had the footy on TV. As an American living in South Korea, it's hard to come by. So naturally, <laughs> I listened to the game on my phone the whole night. My buddy Jake told me he'd buy a shot for every time Essendon scored. Needless to say, I died that <laughs> night. <laughs> well done. P.S. Roast never tasted so good. Oh, you know what, Matt? Korean barbecue. It was. <laughs> there was a lot of jokes about uh, this being me. But Matt, if you want to be a doucher, you can. I will 100% adopt you. Next email is from Special K, Cody, apparently. Hey. Howdy, lads. Carmichael Hunt. Thanks. I think I've done a terrible thing. On Saturday, I went to the Lions game at the Gabba with some mates who aren't big on the AFL. Pre-game, my friends asked who they need to know and which GWS player they should hate. Oh. I was being really high on Car- uh, Harris Andrews. I noted him amongst others as a key player for us. And the player to hate, Jeremy Cameron. Somehow, I feel like I spoke Jeremy Cameron being a massive cockhead into existence and leading his elbow. I want to apologize to all the AFL fans potentially speaking that into existence, and I hope Jezza enjoys his holiday. Special K. Don't Everyone, ap- fellas, up the Lions. Don't apologize, mate. You're a fucking champion. Jeremy Cameron was already a dog before you put that out in the universe, and he continues to be one, and he'll have a, a very long holiday. All right, next email uh, from David. Hey, fellas, last week's episode featured a talk on umpires and the pros and cons of how they do their job and how they should be treated. Well, I agree that this should be respected, I feel like they should, should be penalized for bad decisions. So, yeah, I, I guess. Um, so he just said, of the free of the three games I watched, each one featured the umpires either making a blatantly wrong call or reneging the call they made. It feels like the umpires know the rule is final so they can make mistakes and have no consequences. Maybe I'm wrong. It's my first season watching. I would like to interject mm. and say that I think we do need to pay them respect and not penalise them for making wrong decisions. And I say that because the AFL changes the rules every fucking week. Yes. Penalise Gil. Penalise Gil. <laughs> there are new rules every week. There are new interpretations every year. They keep... This game is probably one of the hardest games to adjudicate going around. Yeah. Easily. It's not soccer. No, which is easy. If someone cries and falls over, it's a penalty, I guess. <laughs> there are so many little things left open to interpretation that I, and it's a fast-moving game, that yes, we get angry, but I think no penalties to the umpires get it wrong. Their penalty is that they have to get Twitter hatred from Sean Carney. Uh, he also just said, uh, he just wants to ask if Jeremy Cameron is now worse than Lindsay Thomas. That fuck deserves as much time as possible on the bench. And that little interview after the game, really trying to hedge his bets with that one. Fucking cunt. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I was actually thinking about this um, after the game. Yeah, I I like him less than Lindsay Thomas. Because Lindsay Thomas, you hear all these stories about him being a great bloke off the field, but he sometimes loses his mind when he gets on it. Whereas Jeremy Cameron is, is a fuck. Yep. So next email is from Chad. We did it, boys. The Crows were not beaten by the bye. And we cut ties with the brainwashing snake oil salesman that ran our preseason camp. Things are good. Uh, in honor of this good news, I feel as I owe Handsome Tom an apology because he went after you for not standing up. Yeah, and I stood up. Yeah, you did. Also, Carney, if you're feeling down about this year's season, look at it this way. When the Crows come up against Richmond in the, ne- the next game, the sleeper training in their brain from the preseason camp may awaken and there may be a mass murder on the field <laughs> leading to the death of all players in both teams, which will allow for the Lions to become a mathematical possibility <laughs> once more. Beautiful. <clears throat> oh. Dusha, how does it feel to be a literal tipping god? And can any, others be- can any other beings hope to gain your powers? Feels pretty good. It feels even better when Essendon win and therefore gives me another perfect round of tipping. Cheers, boys. Keep up the good work and enjoy your roasts and boasts. Oh, I will. 
All right, look, we've got a few more emails, but this episode's fucking long. And look, I think it's getting to the point now where you guys are so vocal and we love it so much. But what I'm going to do is keep emailing us in. We might start replying to them with text with some of the longer winded ones. And we'll uh, read some of the highlights out on the episode just so that you don't have to listen to 45 minutes of emails every week. And Sean, you look like a man who has died. So my heart has. Yeah. Yeah. You all right, mate? Um, I need a win. And um, that's it. I don't know. That's it. I just don't know anymore. <laughs> I still believe in the club and the future and the direction, but fuck me. It's just- uh, 2018 is just getting longer and harder. 2018 is long. I didn't expect to be mathematically out of contention at this point. So. Oh, that's a rough sentence to hear. But, uh, no, nah, I've got nothing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we well, knew it was coming. We yeah. knew there'd be a point where Sean would be done. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, while Sean tries to hold back the tears, I think- <laughs> Tom, where can people find us? People can keep bombarding us with emails that we'll probably start spacing out the reading of. And if we missed out on you this week, sorry, but we might get there next time slash also reply in person. Uh, you can email us at howgoodsfooty at gmail.com or you can tweet us at howgoodsfooty or you can tweet me at Awkward Treat. You can tweet me at douche 13 I'm at Sidekick of Dowie. And Owen, Ryan, Spencer, Katie and Daniel. We got your emails. We'll read them out next week. Thanks for emailing in. Thanks for listening. How good's footy? Can't wait to be in space again this week. Sean, I'm going to fucking bring you with me. (laughs) Up the Lions and up the Dons. Geelong, you're right. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.